0: Welcome to the Compete Every Day podcast, a weekly show to help you harness the power of competition to be better than yesterday. Hear each week from performance leaders, coaches, and experts on the benefits of competition and how you can use it to win at work and in life. And now, your host, Chief Encouragement Officer at Compete Every Day, Jake Thompson. What's
1: up, competitors? What's happening? It is a new week, a new episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. This is a fun one. It is full of energy. It is full of some just raw emotion. Get jacked, get hyped on life and how you can be better than yesterday. Big competitor Jordan Pugh, former Texas A&M Aggie, former NFL defensive back and current coach and trainer, in Dallas, Texas, joins the show to talk what he loves about competition, how competition prepares his athletes for what's life beyond the game, and more importantly, what competition, what sports have done in his own life to set him up every time life has thrown him a curveball, when his NFL career is cut short much sooner than he expected, when he goes through the trials and tribulations of opening and starting a brand new business? What is he able to look back on? What did he learn that he's now able to teach others in terms of being a gritty, resilient competitor who refuses to let adversity stop them? It's all about your perspective and using those setbacks to set up your next win. And Jordan breaks down this week exactly how you can do the same. I'm excited to welcome to the show the man is full of fire and energy, and you're going to love him too. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast, Jordan Pugh. Jordan, welcome to the show. What's
2: going on, man? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. You
1: bet, I uh, man. We've been we got connected a couple of years ago uh, by mutual friend Jonathan Haynes, who I believe y'all were at A and M together, and then uh, mm-hmm. recently reconnected as well. And so, tell everyone uh, what you do now uh, here in <laughs> Dallas, Fort Worth, and then we'll get into uh, your career.
2: Well, just to let everybody know my name is Jordan Pew. Uh, grew up here in Dallas or Plano to be exact. Uh, went to Plano West. Uh, high school, uh, played a little ball over there. Then played some ball at Texas A and M. Uh, uh, five years in the NFL, and now uh, I got my own sports training facility. You know where where we focus on uh, just developing developing athletes. Really, that's you know our our main our main goal is to develop athletes to prepare them for the next level. Uh, that's what I'm doing now, man. Uh, enjoying every moment of it. Also doing some part time coaching at uh, Nolan Catholic High School. Um, and really that's it, man. Just uh, surrounding myself with athletes with sports and also trying to give the uh next generation of kids uh what I had what I had and what I didn't have growing up so that that's lo- that's uh what I'm doing now, man
1: man I love that and and also you speak and you go out and you speak to teams right. you speak to companies as well uh so a little bit of everything and and a lot of overlap in, in terms of the messages and things we believe. After you finished playing in the NFL, what inspired mm-hmm. you to open your own
2: training facility? Ooh, man. We got about another week so I can uh, uh, let <laughs> it all out, man. man well, let's, let's, so here, so here's the one thing. As an athlete, uh, it never leaves you, okay? Um, the, the the competition, um, the competitiveness, the camaraderie of being on a team, uh, it's, it's so hard to replace that. Just, just when you're not in it, right? So um, the main thing that got me started, uh, to get to your question, the main thing that got me started um, with the business was, you know, a lot of the kids that um, that I started off training, man, they used to train with me when I was playing. You know, I used to uh, go with a guy named DeAndre Jackson. I used to be my trainer uh, back when I was playing, and he would train a lot of kids. And I would train with whoever. It didn't matter. To be a seven-year-old, professional guy, high school guys, didn't matter. And so, um, you know, a lot of the kids uh, when I got done were asking me if they could, if I could help them uh, get ready for the season, and you know, help train them, and you know, it, it just it really turned uh, turned into a business from there. You know, it's something that I love doing. Um, you know, it's something where you love watching the development um, of the kids, and then you know, when you see them shine, you see them uh, play well. You know, it just that that passion grew out of it. And it's something that was close to home because, you know, you've been, you know, for me, I've been an athlete my whole life. Right. And then, you know, when you when you first get done playing, there's this void. There's something missing. You miss that team aspect. You miss that competitive aspect. You miss all those things that that uh, that that make you an athlete. So being able to train the kids and have that competitive atmosphere, that 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 atmosphere where you're pushing yourself towards a goal, uh it really inspired me to open up. Uh, my own facility, and I, you know, I'd have to thank my wife too because she saw that in me before I did, and you know, she really pushed me to it and, and saw something uh, that I had was special. So that's what opened, that's what got me to it. That's what uh, uh, made me open it up, and man, I haven't regretted it since.
1: Love that, man. There's so many good things in what you just talked about. It. I, I want to backtrack on a few of them. The first one I'm interested in is is your transition out of the game and how long <laughs> mentally that that process was for you? Because I mean, you identify as an athlete, you're a player. Like we all go through that, whether you stop playing in high school, right after college, Mm -hmm. or professionally, you you cling your identity to what happens on that field. And for a lot of people, it's the worst breakup, the worst divorce they ever go through is with Mm -hmm. the game. How do you, how kind of long was that process for you of working through that to identify as Jordan versus just the
2: football player side? You know what? Oh boy, see we could spend another week on that topic too, man. Okay. So, here's so let me start off by saying like this. You hear a lot of people always say have a plan B, right? Which as, you know, when I was playing, I had that plan B, right? I always I always was going to open up my business. I had my my speaking engagements going all that, right? Um but the the part that's hard about when your playing career ends is that it never ends how you want to, right? So, me, what I mean by that is, as an athlete, you're always ta- taught to finish what you start, and there's very seldom uh, uh, few of athletes that get to finish what they start, right? They get to they get to the end on their terms, and so when you when your career ends uh, uh, just suddenly, um, like mine did, man, it hurts because it's like man. I did. I did this work. I put this time in. It was something that I wanted to do since I could remember, since the time I picked up a football. I, I'm living the dream out, and all of a sudden it stops, and it and it and crushes not the it's not the right word, but it crushes you though, because um, it's what you saw doing, and then not finishing how you want. That's something that ultimately gets you every time. It's not the part where you're not playing anymore. It's not the fact that. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not practicing, playing games. It's the fact that you didn't get to complete what you started. And that, and that's, I think where a lot of athletes uh, uh, struggle with it is because you feel like you're not done. You feel like there was more in the tank and you feel like you could have gave more, you know what I mean? Or there's more to give while you're playing. So that transition, man, uh, getting out, um, um, you know, of the game and and going through that was tough. And especially how I got out, man, because, I know a lot of people don't know. My last year, I ended up losing my hearing in my left ear, so I'm, I'm uh, deaf in my left ear. And so, you know, that was a lot of the reason why I uh, uh, I ended up having to call it quits is because of that. And so, you know, being able to not finish in that, in that aspect and, and you feel like it was taken away from you, that was tough. And then trying to find, like you said in the question that you had, man, trying to find your identity outside of that uh, was tough, too, because – really for your whole life, that's what you've been doing. You've been you've been playing ball. You've been preparing to play ball. You've been studying the game, preparing your body physically, preparing your mind mentally for everything. And then all of a sudden you have to switch gears, you know, and that, switch, that switching gears process takes time. But, you know, with, with family, friends, everybody who sees uh, uh, things in you, man, it, it helped the transition. You know, uh, being able to set myself up while I was playing helped with the transition. So it, it was it was a tough deal and it's tough for everybody, but being able to have something set up in place, being able to know uh, what you want to do uh, long-term, man, always helps in the transition.
1: And, and I think the unique aspect of that process that you went through that a lot of people go through, but you've obviously mm. been able to, to transition into doing something that you want to feel like you're called to do an incredibly successful at. Right. But two, it's given you that platform to share with those younger athletes. Right. I mean, you as a younger athlete, you always hear the older athletes, the veterans, and it's like, yeah, in one ear and out the other for a lot mm-hmm. of times. But with your unique position of training guys, you have the ability to affect them not only physically but mentally set them up. And maybe it's not directly the way they're expecting in terms of you're right. training them for that resilience, for that plan B, for all of those pieces that you've developed, but you're doing it with them in a way that maybe <laughs> they won't understand it until about 10 years from now.
2: Well, I always say this here, here's I go by my whole training philosophy is, is based off three Ps, okay? And a lot, my people hear me say this all the time. It's passion, purpose, and performance. So the question is, why do I base my training off of that? Well, first of all, everybody that comes into my doors, they have a passion about playing whatever sport it is, whether it's my football guys, baseball, basketball, volleyball girls, whatever it is, they have a passion for it, okay? But somewhere along the line, injuries happen, things get hard, you start losing playing time. All of a sudden, the passion kind of dies a little bit. Right. So that goes into purpose now. Okay. So when you sit there and you tell me about the passion that you have for the game, the next question is, okay, man, what do you want? The reason why I ask what do you want is because now there's a purpose behind the passion that you have. Okay. Passion will always go up, it'll go down. It's like feelings, man. One day I feel like working out, one day I don't. Man, one day I like you, one day I hate you. But when I know what the purpose is, man, the purpose is what keeps my mindset. on on finishing is what keeps my mindset on reaching the goal, right? Then when you have the passion, you have the purpose, and then when you move to the performance side, the performance side is the easy part. That's playing in the games, man. That's that's excelling at uh, whatever craft that you uh, worked on. So being able to pass those three things on uh, uh, to the kids that I train, that's what's most important to me because I think a lot of what's happening, man, a lot of people are losing – on on why they got started, especially when times get hard and especially when adversity hits. When all those things happen, you got to remember what the purpose is behind it, right? Everybody has the passion. Everybody wants to perform well, but understanding the purpose keeps you in line, keeps you going, keeps you motivated, and keeps you ready to play.
1: Man, there's so much truth and wisdom in that, not only for people playing their sport, but in any pursuit. I mean, you could have given that exact same advice to yourself – the moment right. you started your own training facility. And so that's incredibly applicable <laughs> for <the> people <laughs> listening, man. You probably were telling yourself a lot of that over Boy, and over again.
2: It, man. Boy, look, how long is this podcast? About? <laughs> you know, story? Let me tell you something, man. Like, you know, opening up the business is one of the hardest things that you've ever done because it's just, it's just the time, the effort, man. It's, you know, it's like having a baby. You have to nurture it. You have to take care of it. And there's days, man, where, especially when you first started some people not showing up it's like, is this going to work? <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but understanding, like I said before, what the purpose is, the ultimate goal, the end goal, the end game, that's what keeps you going, man. That's what keeps you in it. That's what keeps your, your, your feet, uh, uh, uh firm into the ground, man. And and it, it, it's, it's anything, it's, it's in business, it's in relationships it's in, it's in athletics. It's whatever you do, man, those three things can apply to any aspect of your life. So, that's the biggest thing that, that, that I'm trying to pass on to the guys, pass on to the girls that I train, is understanding, them what everything, what, what the global view of everything is.
1: What is one thing that you learned at Texas A&M playing that you can look back on now in, in your life, where you currently are today, and realize, mm-hmm. I'm so glad I learned that at that point then, because it's made me better for this moment now.
2: Wow that's a wow that's a good question I, I, that's nobody's asking that question. Let's see I would say, um the biggest thing that I learned well, I tell you what i learned I learned a lesson early on, very early when I got to teexxam actually, my freshman year, the first month I was at texam I learned to not take uh anything for granted, and the reason that I learned that is because I had a roommate of mine his name is Pierre Florinor. And Pierre probably one of the best athletes that I've ever seen. There's no doubt in my mind, Pierre would have been a first round draft pick, maybe top five uh player if he ever got to play his career at AM. First the first week that we're down there that we report, um, that we report for, you know, school and, and getting ready for the season and all that, Pierre gets sick, I mean, losing crazy amount of weight. Um, you know, I remember taking him into in my car, to the, rushing into to the hospital. He almost died in my car on the way to the hospital. You know, going through all those different tests, man, they tested him for everything under the sun, man, from his bone marrow, stuff that he had to do. And long story short, man, he ended up having lupus, but at the time they didn't know it, you know what I mean? And he went through uh, uh, multiple episodes of that. And, and from that point on, experiencing what I experienced with him, on a day in and, and day out basis, man, learning it, it taught me not to uh, take anything for granted. It taught me that everything that we have is for a limited, is it, on borrowed time. It's on limited time, and being able to, to to take advantage of it, execute on it, and 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 move forward, man, is is the most important deal. So if I had to if I had to pick one thing from Texas A and M, that would be the main thing I learned from him.
1: Dude, I love that. That's and that's huge. That's huge. No matter where you are in your career in your life at this moment. Being able to take that away and, and be grateful for the opportunities you have because you never know what could change tomorrow. And so it, obviously right. that helps you as someone that focuses on mental toughness and, and grit. That helps mm-hmm. you in that resilience factor because if you're focused on you know, the thankfulness, the gratefulness you've got in the moment, also kind of that glory down the road – you don't let those speed bumps stop you. You don't let those certain things right. that normally some people just sit and stare and focus on. They lose perspective on what they have and what they need to be grateful for, and they lose perspective on what they're trying to do. They get so wrapped up in just that speed bump or that flat tire. Right.
2: Right. Right. Exactly, man. And that's and see, really, that's why I love just just athletics, man. I love team sports because you know, you know, I, I do this too throughout my gym, man, is is every time that I have a group setting, everybody is a teammate. Everybody's accountable to one another, right? Not taking for granted a rep or a set, whatever it is. And you know, just being able to to teach that middle toughness to push through. Push through adversity because reverse is gonna happen, period. You know, now that I'm a dad, man, I'm a I'm a husband, dad, I got a family to run, things happen, you know, you gotta be able to shift and being able to, to play sports, man, and, and understanding how the how sports, you know, just, just apply to your life and being able to shift, adjust, you know, being able to go different ways, being able to maneuver through different situations, man. It just taught me a lot. And, and I love that uh, about, just about team sports.
1: What do you, so I'm going to ask you this now as a father years okay. from now, we'll say two to three decades from now, if your kids play <laughs> okay. sports growing up and they're older and they're right. adults and they look back on when they played and, and what dad taught them besides the fact mm-hmm. that you're going to love and support them, what is the one thing from a competition or sports aspect that you want your kids to learn and take with them the rest of their life?
2: Oh, man. Uh, don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything. Like, you know, one thing that, that I've learned, man, each level that you rise from high school to college to the professional ranks, they're always uh, uh, talking about what you can't do. You know what I mean? And if, And, you know, for me, it was always proving – Proving myself right, not proving you wrong, but proving myself right. But by by the way, I proved myself right was by how hard I trained, how hard I studied, how hard I focused on the craft. So you know, when I look at it, man, a decade from now, two decades from now, if they play sports or whatever they decide to do, man, understanding that if you if you have a desire to be uh, athlete, doctor, lawyer, whatever you want to be, put put the work in now in order to be able to get that later. So for me, man, growing up, that's what my parents taught me. From From the time I picked up a football, I told my parents that I was going to play uh, in NFL. My mom thought I was crazy. You know what I mean? And and when you look at the statistics, man, you're looking at 1,800 NFL players. You know, you're looking at all the people throughout the country that play. I mean, it's less than 1% of the population that, that does it. But I had a, a one-track mind, and I knew where I wanted to go. So for my kids, the thing I want to teach them is, look, doesn't matter what numbers are or what uh, statistics say, understand what you want, understand where you're trying to go and lay out the path and do the things necessary in order to get there. And don't let anybody tell you what you can't do.
1: Man, I need to just come hear you speak some more. I've seen I've seen your videos <laughs> online. But, man, as someone that's in that same space, that fires me up as well. All right, Jordan, for anyone listening that, like me, just can't get enough of what you talk about, <laughs> love your wisdom, love your passion, where can we connect with you online? And then for people here in DFW, how can they come check you out and check your facility out?
2: Man, well, there's multiple ways. So you can, you know, as far as my training uh, that I do, man, you can go to pewtraining.com, P as in Paul, U-G-H, training. Dot .com same thing on on Instagram. Uh you can follow me on Twitter at jordan p29 and if for any type of speaking engagements and, and you want to reach out that way you can go to jordan p29.com as well. That's where you can find me. Uh, I have all my stuff up there, all my info, contact info, so you just follow up through there.
1: Okay, so my last question as a uh a born Texan but a Panthers fan, what's your best memory from Charlotte?
2: Ooh, wow, best memory from Charlotte. Well, there's well, uh, here's one off script. Merch, Merch is a soul food cafe that was right next to the Holiday Inn, man. When I first got there, we used to stay at the Holiday Inn, and since I didn't have my mama's cooking, I had to go to Merch, man. I know I didn't eat it every day, but you know, once, twice, maybe three times a week. That is this was still my, open? My favorite spot. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, still open. Right, right downtown, right next to the Holiday Inn, right, uh, right by the epicenter. I'll be down uh, there for a game this
1: fall, so I, I got to make a stop now. Yeah, you right, It's
2: right by the Epicenter. You can't miss it. You go. Uh, uh, you the Holiday Inn sits right next to the Epicenter, and it's literally attached to the Holiday Inn. You got to go right in there. All right. Uh, so that's that's one. And then, of course, the, the best memory is getting my first uh, interception, my first career interception. Um, uh, Did you pick? Got off? my first career interception in the first in the first game that I ever started too. So. That's a fond memory right there, man.
1: Who did you pick off?
2: Man, it was Jay Cutler. Okay, Jay Cutler was the, was, was the first one, man. <laughs> the first one. So, you know, I have an interesting story behind that as well, but we don't have enough time. Oh, no, let's do we it. We always oh,
1: got man. time. Come on, tell me.
2: All right. So, well, since you asked, man. Uh, so, so here's the significance on, on that interception. This is why I'm so fond of it. So, back when we were going through the draft process, man, we were going through, uh, you know, I went through um, – you know, just training and all that. I didn't get. I didn't get any invites to any um any All Star games. None of the East West Shrine. None of the Senior Bowl. Nothing like that. Didn't get an invite. Uh, invite to the uh, NFL Combine. Uh, you know, I performed well at my at my Pro Day. I would have been one of the top performers at the Combine if I would have uh, if I would have been there uh, based on my numbers at the Pro Day. So we get to the private workout area, uh, part of the whole you know draft process, and I work out. Uh, with the Chicago Bears, okay, and uh, they had a they had a guy a scout there named Chris Ballard, and Chris Ballard happens to be the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts right now. Yep. and um, he worked me out. I remember he sat me down, and I remember he told me uh, that he that he really didn't like uh, a lot of my tape um, from from A and M, um, and he told me that you know more than likely that I wasn't going to get drafted. So he said, don't spend a lot of time. Uh, watching the draft, okay? So fast forward, we go through the draft. They end up getting picked in the sixth round uh, by the Carolina Panthers, and we're playing the third game of the season. We play the New Orleans Saints. Our starting safety at the time, Gerard, uh, Sherrod Martin, ends up getting hurt. He leaves the game, and, I, uh, you know, I go in for him. I fill in and, and uh, complete the game. The following game or the next game up was against the Chicago Bears. So we go against the Chicago Bears. I get my first career start against the Chicago Bears. Uh, I get my first career interception against the Chicago Bears. And after the game, I happened to see uh, 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 Coach Ballard that ended up working me out that day in the draft process. And I walked up to him, and I just said, hey, man, do you remember me now? <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's why that whole that whole interception, man, for me against Chicago is, is something that I always remember and always cherish.
1: Man, I love that. I love that. Don't, uh, don't let people tell you what you can't do. Set your sights on it and get it done, Uh, man. Jordan, this has been a blast. I appreciate you coming on the show this week.
2: All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the compete every day podcast to learn more visit competeeveryday.com to connect with jake or contact the show email us at podcast at and as always keep competing every day to be better than you were yesterday